Hey, Ashley. Welcome to Drunk of the Book Club. A podcast for lonely drunk bookcasters. Yay! Yay, cheers. Cheers. What are you what drinking? Are you <laughs> James? <laughs> Personal jinx. You owe me a soda. Uh, I am drinking a cab sob. A cab what? <laughs> sob. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, by Edna Valley. Hey, Edna St. Vincent Millay. <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking a white wine that was not labeled um, as, oh. I don't know what it is. It was in my fridge. <laughs> nice. It had one cool. of those, like, um, air stoppers in it, and I don't know how old it is. But it's, Amazing. it's cold, and it's white, so, mm-hmm. you know, cool. So it's perfect. Are you saying that white is perfect, Olivia? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I meant by its vague description, it sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, I just had to make sure you weren't, like, a Trump supporter. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. Never. Anyways. Just crying over <laughs> Anyways, um, what did we read? Um, we read What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky by Leslie Neka Arima. I'm hoping I'm saying her name correctly. Do you yeah. know if I'm saying her name correctly? That's how I said it last time, I think, but I actually haven't Googled a pronunciation. Me neither. Yeah, what was was the book about? Um, It was a collection of short stories. Uh, um, (laughs) uh, I mean, let me think. It's a collection of short stories that talk about childhood and family and like sort of coming of age stories Mm -hmm. um from various perspectives um and I don't know I can't do this right now (laughs) um how would you describe it drink more wine yeah (laughs) okay I will jump in uh, short stories, like you said. Uh-huh. I feel like some of them are realistic and some of them are, like, sort of have elements of, like, there was one that was kind of like a fable and one of them was kind of like a futuristic sci-fi. So I feel like the genres were kind of mixed. But, yeah, uh-huh. ultimately what... Can you think of anything that, like, sort of unified them? I read it, I mean, we both read the book kind of quickly. Yeah. Because you just got it on Saturday, and it is now Monday. And I was looking for it in bookstores, and then it wasn't out, which I didn't realize. (laughs) Like, it wasn't released. And so then I ordered it on my Kindle, and then I didn't get it until, like, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. So, yeah, I also was reading Uh, it very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the way they were told mm-hmm. is sort of, kind of going off what you just said, a little bit fably, even uh-huh. if they were seeming more realistic and more or more 
um, in a storytelling way, right. but um, I think, I mean, even the one at the, the second to last one, I think it was, the one about volcanoes, mm-hmm. it all still seemed to be sort of, I don't know. I, I don't know why coming of age is like standing so I, like standing out to me. But I feel like there were a lot of stories of like young women. Um, yeah. Like the first three was it just three, four? I'm like looking through the table of contents. Um, you know, a bunch of them. The protagonist was like a young girl or a teenage girl or a young woman. Uh-huh. And I feel like they were having some kind of, I think coming of age is appropriate experience uh, that in some way either altered their viewpoint about something or changed them in some way. Also, man, some of these like hit you like a punch in the gut for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm thinking of the first one in particular, the future looks good. Um, the one about the woman who didn't see what came behind her. Which yeah. I took that phrase initially as you're supposed to, I'm assuming, as like, you know, talking about how her history or the history of who she is and her parents like moved forward to make who she was now. But then like at the end, and I, I don't know, I'm not going to like explicitly say what happened because maybe somebody is listening and hasn't read it yet and I don't want to totally, totally give it away even though usually I don't care about that. But like it definitely hit me like a punch and I was like, oh God, that one was kind of, that was like a an intense beginning to the book, but I thought it was like a strong choice for the first story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a few of these that were, The ending, there were surprise endings. Mm-hmm. And a few of these where I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. If, not in like a, this is all over the place, I don't understand it, but um, like the, who will greet you at home? Yes. And she's talking about like the hair baby. Yes. It's like, what is this story? But yeah. um, I think it was Windfalls where they like keeps talking about falling in grocery stores to get like the oh yeah money when you sue that one also ended and it was heartbreaking mm-hmm. um yes. a lot of these really just like tore me apart at the end seriously um i i really actually enjoyed this book mm-hmm. and it's one that once i don't have a job in 11 days I'm gonna like read again slowly because I was speed reading through it um but I thought it was beautifully written I agree Uh, and it was it kind of not to compare this author to a white man or white male author but it kind of reminded me of some of the reasons I like Hemingway a lot Mm, because it was a quick read and something that you can read and just kind of take what you can off the top. Yeah. But I feel like if I read it again slowly, there's going to be a lot more mm-hmm. that I missed. Yeah. The first time. Um, and that you can actually dive into it a little bit further than what I got from this quick 
this quick read. Yeah, and I feel like maybe sort of to jump on that idea, the writing style was very clear. I felt like she didn't write in a verbose way. Uh-huh. And so I felt like that was a really good companion to some of those sort of more fable-y, magical-y uh, right. stories because – like, for instance, the one that you mentioned about the hair babies and the one, the volcano one, um, the ones co- that kind of, like, they were more like a fairy tale in some regards. Uh-huh. They were balanced really well. Like, those sort of magical qualities were balanced really well with the more, like, straightforward language. Um, right. And I, I felt like it drew me in as a reader so that I wasn't... I was focusing more on, like, trying to jump into this, like, different world. Or even that sci-fi one, the When a Man Falls from the Sky, the one that was named after. Yeah. I was, like, jumping right into, like, trying to figure out, like, what's, what is this world like? It's a different world, world, clearly, than the one that I'm in. Right. That one was so interesting to me because I didn't actually catch that at first. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like was purposeful Mm -hmm. but I don't know I think because the rest of this book seems more like um storytelling and you kind of look at the past to see your future and see your current you know life right this one's looking at this such a futuristic world Mm -hmm. it stood out but not in a bad way like, it, I feel like it still fit with everything. Um, but that's one of the ones that I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of wanting to read it again. Yeah. Of reading it again. Like, that was so interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I really would like to go back and reread it. Like I said, I have the Kindle version, which kind of bums me out because I don't... I like having, like, a physical copy to, like, leaf through. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I don't know, maybe having this will having it on like my kindle too could make me sort of be able to jump in anywhere Uh I'm always unsure about that in terms of short story collections because obviously oftentimes I think short stories are written independently and then they come together in a collection Uh that's curated and you know an author or an editor decides like what's the best order and how to present them as a cohesive whole but I Uh felt like these I felt like a lot of them could be read on their own. Like, I felt like they obviously could be read in chorus with one another to kind of maybe, um, I don't know, inform some of those themes. Like, you know, uh-huh. young women coming to some understanding or young women behaving badly or what are the expectations for a young person in in society, depending on the society, it's different. And the idea of like being sort of um multi um multi ha- ha- coming from mul- multiple countries like there were multiple people who like their families immigrated or they were going back somewhere else and so i feel like those themes totally like played on each other in many stories but i also felt like a lot of them stood on their own and i almost want to go back and reread them like independently of one another yeah that's an interesting idea I think that that's kind of just going off of what you're saying. When I read collections of short stories, I typically read the full book. Mm -hmm. 
um, or the full collection. Um, and that would be interesting to read them one by one and kind of put, put it down in between, take some time and then pick it up and read another one. I wonder if that would read differently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, cause I always like when I get them, when I get a collection, the first thing I do is read it through straightforward as if it was a novel or, you know, as if it were a normal book. But then sometimes I'll go back and I'll read one story or two, you know, like at varying points. And I do think it changes. So I'm curious about how that could perhaps help me to understand some of the different ideas and themes in these different stories, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that when you do read it as a whole collection, if it's not intended to be super united, I think sometimes I force that view on it. Right. Um, I'm like, okay, like, how can I fit all these together when that's not necessarily the way that it was intended to be? Mm. Um, what do you think it means that she named this collection after that story? That's a good question. What it means when a man falls from the sky? I mean, you know, my big takeaway from that story was that pain you can't you can't avoid pain you uh-huh. can't you can't you can't it'll catch up with you and that's ultimately right. what happens to her um her former girlfriend and to her sort right. of it's sort of like ambiguous at the end but you know you kind of basically see that it probably is happening or it's going to happen to her too and mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how she goes to that sort of posh school and one kid is like my dad says what you're doing is wrong and like, you know, you need to live with pain. And she's like, basically she's like, fuck you and fuck your dad. Like your dad (laughs) has never experienced anything close to what the people that I help have experienced or the people that, you know, some of my compatriots help what they've experienced. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like an interesting comment on sort of like the privilege of being able to like, I don't know, muscle through, you know, challenges in life when those challenges are like for all intents and purposes, like quote unquote, hashtag first world problems, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, Right. But yeah, my big takeaway is like, you can't, you can't avoid the pain and it's going to catch up with you and you can put it off, but it's going to, it's there. It's still with you. And so I feel like there was pain in a lot of these stories and that the characters, they ended up having to face their varying kinds of pain, you know? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I realized that that is a, a strong theme throughout all of these stories. Pain is in all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting. And I think that in each of these stories... Now I'm trying to, like, actually analyze it, but is there a story? I don't think there is a story where the person tries, well, no. I guess, yeah, it's just each story is about these characters dealing with pain in whichever way that they do. Right. For the most part, I think these characters are having to deal with their pain by the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is interesting compared to that story where they're they're stopping. Right. Feeling that pain. Hmm. 
man, now I really do want to read. read. <laughs> there was the one story that, like, or not. Okay, so one of the stories, like, really, I was just, like, so, it, like, frustrated me and, like, angered me and, or not maybe anger, like, made me emotional the most was, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Bushy's Girls. Oh, yeah. With the mom who's, like, trying her best to, like, help her girls. And I I fucking hated her brother-in-law so, so, so much. And it was just, like, so, yeah, I was angry. I was so angry with him as a character. Like, I don't know, that story in particular, I felt very emotional about and the way that she like kind of had to she had to give up her power she didn't have power she was pretty powerless and she had to kind of just like roll with the punches and her ultimate goal was like protecting and helping her girls but the way that she had to do that was like so demeaning and ugh, I don't know that one just made me so upset (laughs) So thinking about, like, how people deal with pain, that's interesting to look back at that story in particular. Mm -hmm. I also think that there were a lot of points in the different stories where women either felt forced to give in to men Mm -hmm. or were forced to give in to men to get what they thought that they needed or wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was in a lot of these, um, in various ways. Yeah. But, um, a lot of men taking advantage and taking, yeah, taking advantage of women and girls in, in this collection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know why that, that um, Windfalls one just, like, stood out and still is just so upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that brings me back to with the guy, with uh, that young girl feeling like in order to please her mother and get what they need is that she has to... Uh, perform sexual acts on these grown men. Yeah. And then after all of that, you know, she loses this child in the end in the same way that she got into these situations in the first place. Yeah. It's just, like, so dark. I know. Ugh, yeah. I, it's, like, side note but related, I just finished the most or the last I guess um episode of girls okay I just started watching girls like at all yeah oh really mm-hmm. so which I would love to have a conversation with you about girls at some point oh I yes know. we should probably yes I would I mean I I kind of want to go back and watch it from like season one and rewatch it because I have watched it over the years but I feel like some of the seasons were really spread apart so it was hard to like view it as a whole yeah. yeah, I would love to. We should chat. We should chat. But yeah. um, I feel like – how do I put this? Okay, so girls is kind of like white girl, white affluent girl version of being young adult and, like, 
learning how to be an adult and navigating the world, etc. Like it's it's definitely a guilty pleasure for me because there are so many things that I find like problematic to use an, an obnoxious term about the show. Um, but I feel like this this collection of short stories is almost kind of like I I feel like it's linked in theme. I feel like there's like some thematic yeah. links. Um, and so like thinking about how the we talked about how like it's kind of coming of age and I think all if not most if not all of the protagonists are like young women uh-huh. in this short story collection I almost feel like I'm noticing some crossover things and thinking about like mentioning windfalls how the mother's ambitions and the mother's kind of um her tools for navigating the world or what she like she pushes on her daughter and her daughter mm-hmm. grows up feeling like these are her tools for navigating the world as well. Um, yeah. Anyways, I was finishing up girls <laughs> to know and had a day off. And, um, I was thinking about that as well in terms of like, uh, the character Marnie and her mother and how she tries to live through Marnie as well. So kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I feel like this collection has, it definitely has some like super painful parts, not just for the characters, but as a reader to kind of navigate as well. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there were a lot of really intense parts and in, like, uh, was it Pastor Bobby or something? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That character was disgusting. Totally. Um, Redemption. That was the story. Oh, is it that one? Okay. That yeah. was an interesting uh, story, too, because it was all kind of about the protagonist sort of, like, idealizing this, like, the house girl who's kind of like a bad girl. And you have right. issues of, like, class. You have issues of, like, sort of, like, the Jezebel um, Madonna complex. You have issues of sort of, like the experiences that young girls go through when they sort of venerate another, like, girl, that sort of murky land of girlhood, I feel like, yeah. comes up definitely in that particular story, but throughout, too. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there were other... Um, war stories. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, too, where she filled in this role of, like, her dad's best friend mm-hmm. and would, was forced to, like, listen to these stories. Um, it reminds me of that just in the sense of, like, being a young girl and trying to, like, figure out where you fit in and what your role is within, like, the family structure and also just, like, idealizing situations. But um, that was – I liked that story a lot um, because there were times where the mother was – really upset with the daughter and with the husband, but it, and like, that was one of the few that actually ended on a positive note. Yeah. Where her father went too deep into a story, deeper than he intended, it seemed, and it ended with her mom telling her a story and, like, cuddling her in bed. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really sweet ending. Um, but one of the few where it seems like love kind of conquered all at the end, um, and the family was supportive and caring yeah it doesn't often end that way in these stories I feel like that idea of like love being a driving force is in a lot of the stories but 
love being a driving force doesn't always end in like a sort of happy, like a quote right. unquote happy way. But yeah, in that one, it does. Yeah. Or I mean, the dad is he's obviously still dealing with his like experiences and dealing with the death of Emmanuel. But yeah, for the mom and the daughter, they do kind of. They have a they have a way to bridge over that pain. Yeah, yeah. That I just remembered the rest of the things that happened in that story. I forgot about the whole like girl gang part of that. Yeah. <laughs> Until just now. I was like, why were they mad at her? <laughs> right. I kind of loved how spunky actually not just her, but there were other characters who I just loved how sort of like um yeah, spunky they were. They just kind of did their thing. And she in particular, she was like, all right, you know, this, let's see your fancy-ass bra, girl. <laughs> Show it to <Yeah>. us. <laughs> the parents are like, why did you lift up this girl's shirt on the playground? Like, the, like, kind of, like, miscommunication between, like, yeah. the kids' experience and the adults, like, learning of it or hearing of it and being like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was funny. Um, there were, you know, as much sadness and darkness was in this collection, there was also funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was not the kind of collection where you just, or I just read it feeling like, okay, now I want to go crawl in a hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed reading it. Actually, I read most of these stories before bed, and it was like... Mm. It was not the kind of thing where you read it from before bed and you're like, oh, why did I do that? Now I just want to, like, sleep forever. <laughs> Right, right. It was more like, oh, you know, for some of them it was like, oh, that was really intense. But for some of them it was like, oh, that was really sweet. And I feel like there was a nice balance. So I feel like reading it before bed is okay. It won't hurt Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I, of course, as soon as it rains, Bart malfunctions. So it took me almost 45 minutes on what should have been a 15-minute BART ride. Mm-hmm. So I actually finished this book, like, on my morning commute, uh-huh. um, which was – I still had a lot of it left. <laughs> uh, but it was – it was also a good book to read there, too. Like, mm-hmm. it was quiet. I could get through it. But it didn't leave me, like, too depressed before work in the morning. Yeah. But, you know, it was entertaining, but also – like, I got to think about it while writing, or, or while stuck under the bay. Yeah, not quite writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not writing, but sitting on it, waiting. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would totally recommend this book, mm-hmm. and we'll probably pass it along to someone. Because um, I feel like I normally have a very strong attachment to books, and it's difficult for me to get rid of them. But I feel like in that this book is storytelling and passing down, like, this should also be passed on to somebody. Yeah. Um, That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I don't know. It, all of these stories, as we've talked about already several times, just really felt like stories that were being passed down. And I think that that first one, what was it called? Um, the Future Looks Good. <laughs> Yeah, like, as you had said already, uh, not seeing what comes behind her seemed to be describing one, or, like, we kind of understood it as one situation. Yeah. Um, And then 
it had a very literal ending to it. Yeah. Um, but I think that that prefaced the rest of the collection. I so that I thought of it as like a storytelling and passing down. Yeah. I totally agree. And I don't like we mentioned, I don't even know how to pronounce the author's name. I don't know a lot about her background. Um, I know as much as in like the, on the back page where it's like, she was born in the UK and sometimes was in Nigeria. So I'm taking that to mean like she may be Nigerian. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know very much about like the history of Nigeria or Nigerian folks, but I think that oftentimes like the oral history comes up in in people who are trying to sort of maybe write stories or tell stories that are in some way informed by like their own cultural history and I think that like this idea of like we have a lot of those characters who are back and forth between like you know different continents in Europe or in Africa and the U.S. and they're moving around it seems like that probably was informed by her own life and yeah um, so I think that like the once you as a writer going back in probably any any ethnic history I think oral storytelling comes up right it's yeah the original way that you know people told stories and so I think that's really interesting and um sort of seeing that theme play out in a book a written book but one that sort of also involves the somewhat oral um telling of stories for some of the characters yeah and the um the dedication in the beginning did you have that oh let me look I'm not sure oh yeah yeah Grandma? I think that that also framed yeah totally much lot for me um and yeah I I kind of after finishing it was assuming that some of these were maybe stories that he actually told her mm-hmm. but also she developed a way of writing maybe her own stories or other people's stories or taking his stories and recreating them mm-hmm but probably learned a lot from his, his storytelling. Um, so I think that that dedication though actually framed a lot of it for me as well. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know if I read it before I started. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know that if I hadn't read it, I don't know if I would have had, I'm sure it would have been the same, but Mm -hmm. reading that definitely, I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of like this oral storytelling. Yeah style that makes sense yeah now I want to go and read some like interviews or something with her I'm curious yeah yeah I'd love to know more about her me too I I would do we know she has other books I don't know I honestly have not looked up anything about her I feel kind of bad about that same (laughs) but yeah I mean sometimes it's like that's also the battle. Like, do you go and learn as much as you can about the background of an author before you read their works? Or do you let their work stand on their own? Do you, yeah. like, want the context? Or do you want it to stand in isolation? I think that, like, yeah. ultimately, a writer's works can't stand in isolation. Like, context always matters. But sometimes I do want to read it 
first, whatever yeah. their work is, before sort of finding out the context, and then maybe even go back and read it with a wider lens. Yeah, totally. I think that if I had gotten this book sooner, I would have probably looked into her more mm-hmm. before we had this, after after I read it, but right. since I was watching it today. <laughs> I didn't really have to. <laughs> yeah, no. Very last um, minute. It's a new book. Yeah, I really didn't even realize how brand spanking new it is. I know. We, I like, found it on a list, and then we were just like, oh, yeah, sounds good. And then, like, yeah. <laughs> we're not necessarily aware of the fact that, like, oh, it just came out. Like, just, just yeah. came out. <laughs> so I'm glad we read it. I'm glad we read it, too. Yeah. Very current. Yeah. Okay, so Olivia, what is our next book going to be? Our next... (laughs) (laughs) Next book... (laughs) The wine is kicking in. Uh, (laughs) Our next book is Lincoln and the Bardo um, by George Saunders. Sweet. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, it's a historical fiction. Yes, and it keeps on coming up in your life. It keeps on coming up in my life. I see it everywhere. So there I'm it. <laughs> I don't know. We've not read any historical fiction. No, we haven't. So this will be a first. Oh. We're going back to a man. A man. Is he a white man? Probably. Oh, no. Shoot. He That's is okay. a white man. This will be like our one little step away. So, yeah. listeners, if you have other suggestions of non-white male authors, remember that's our kind of goal for this year. But we can't pick books if we don't have suggestions. I know. We really need your guys' help. We do. So Please. Get on it, folks. Here we are, stuck with a white man. Ugh, stuck with a white man. That's <laughs> memoir, story of our life. <laughs> stuck with a white man, a memoir of Ashley and Olivia. <laughs> it's oh gonna god. be a really good book. <laughs> it's gonna be really, really great. Oh god. So, um yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm excited for that though. Me too. It'll be good. We can read some historical fix. That's what the cool people call it. Some his fix. His fix. His fix. <laughs> Link in the Bard. Link in the Bard by Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> oh my god I love it (laughs) so where can people find us you can find us on Instagram Twitter they can find us on our website or email us and all of it is drunk of the book drunk of the book do it folks please do it we like suggestions Mm -hmm. Um, you can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher iTunes and Stitcher we are there Leave us a review. Please. Make it easier for people to find us. Yeah. I haven't checked in a while if we have any. Did anybody listen to our call to action? I think it's just the three Probably not. I have low expectations for you listeners. (laughs) I'm just going to get, like, continually more um, aggressive about this whole (laughs) review thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we only have three. Okay. Still the three. Close friends and family, you guys are fucking hardcore. 
I'm gonna like hold a gun to your face. I don't have a gun, but I'm gonna get one just so you can write me a review. <laughs> Please. Why does the We're crying. It's just Caitlin, Millie, and a rando. And I love that rando. We love the rando. We hate everybody else. We hate everybody else. <laughs>